0: Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Amen, and good morning to you. It's a beautiful day in the high country. Thank you, Courage, so much for that. And um, we are so looking forward to seeing you back in person. You just don't know we're gonna have a great time and that's June 7th and as Courage said, we're making all of the precautions necessary to make this place as safe and viral free as we possibly can. So just mark it on your calendar and we're really looking forward to seeing you and as he said, many, many prayer events going on. So today I wanna talk to you about, uh, I call entitled this, Don't Waste Your Wilderness. Now, last week, I talked about seasons, spiritual seasons, season of hiddenness, season of manifestation, and we're going to continue on with that theme today. As a believer, you're going to encounter many different seasons, and in the natural world, we have spring, we have summer, we have fall, we have winter, and just as you can't control the seasons, especially in Boone, North Carolina, I want to let you know the last uh, two weeks ago, it was 30-some degrees. You, you can't control the, the natural seasons, so also you can't really control the spiritual seasons. And you know, today I want to talk to you about a wilderness season, but I entitled it, as I said, "Don't waste your wilderness seasons, because God does so much in a wilderness season now. If you will go ahead and get your Bible, we'll have some of the verses come up, but we're gonna look at a lot of verses. If you'll go to Matthew chapter three, and just kinda, that's where we'll start. But we're also gonna be going back to the book of Deuteronomy. So you might wanna go ahead and get your Bible out and be ready, because we're gonna compare the two. And it's gonna be something that'll give us a lot of insight into our current wilderness season. Now, spiritual wilderness, it is a reality in the life of the believer. And what do I mean by spiritual wilderness? Well, it's a crisis that you didn't see coming. Currently, right now, we're in a wilderness of uncertainty. It's a diagnosis that you didn't expect. It may be a death of a close friend or family member. And what happens in these times is we really, really begin to question ourselves. We question God. And many people question even their faith in the time of wilderness. So many believers are walking away from their faith because they're in a wilderness season and they don't have perspective of how to make the most of it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, throughout the Bible, we see people uh, throughout the scriptures who went through wilderness seasons. there's David, there's Moses, Elijah, even Jesus went through a wilderness season, which we're going to look at. And we know the people of God were, they had a 40 year wilderness encounter, a wilderness season. Can you imagine that? So what can we learn from that? Where can we go with that? So I ask you to go to Matthew chapter three. What we're going to do is we're just going to look at the life of Jesus when he entered his wilderness season and how he navigated it. And if you're in Matthew, I hope you are, Matthew three and verse 16 and 17. This is the baptism of Jesus. And it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, as soon as he was baptized, he came out of the water. Suddenly the heavens were open, and the Holy Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. We see uh, two events that happened here, two amazing events. The heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came upon him, but there's a third event I want to show you that happened during his baptism. And let's go ahead and go to that right now. And it says this in Matthew 3, 16 through 17. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased This is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. Now, it's really interesting in Hebrew times when a son came of age to take over his father's business, what they would do in the natural time in in the Hebrew times is that father would take his son to the middle of the village and he would declare these very words, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. That was to signify my son is going to take over my business. It's interesting, it's the same thing culturally. So, but I want to show you an amazing verse because something happens amazing right after God affirms him. This is my son who I'm well pleased. It's the very next verse and it's in Matthew 4, 1 through 2. At that time, it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert or the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. It's amazing. That's the very next verse. So what does that say to me? What it says to me, whoever God is pleased with is going to have times in the wilderness. Why? What what is the purpose for the wilderness? what, What does it do in us? We're going to look at that. So Jesus was led into the wilderness for 40 days here. And during, those, during that time, he would experience three temptations. Three temptations, we're gonna look at that. The devil tempted him three times. In each of these temptations, Jesus spoke, it is written. He used the word of God to deal with the temptation. Now, all three of these examples are, are examples of a rabbinical teaching technique called a remiss. What would happen is rabbis, which Jesus was a a Jewish rabbi, he would speak part of a scripture, but there's much more deeper meaning if you go look at the other scriptures around the scripture. So in each of these examples that we're going to look at in the book of Matthew, he quotes the book of Deuteronomy. And the book of Deuteronomy, what was going on at that time? Well, that's when the people of God were in the desert for 40 years. So we're going to read a section out of Matthew and then look back to what Jesus spoke. What did he quote out of Deuteronomy? And in it, we're going to get the full context of the scripture and we're gonna gain three keys for not wasting your wilderness experience, okay? So, and I... I just want to let you know we we truly find ourselves in a COVID-19 wilderness experience right now. It without question, you know, it just It's just a wilderness of uncertainty. So what is God's purpose in the wilderness so we don't waste them? We're gonna go ahead to point number one, and I hope you take these notes down, and we're gonna go through these scriptures, and it really will be applicable to how we're to navigate this COVID-19 current wilderness experience. Let's go ahead, and we'll jump to number one. What does God do in a wilderness experience? Number one, what God does in a wilderness experience is he establishes... His word in us. Okay, I hope you're at the book of Matthew. I want you to look at Matthew 4 and verse two through three. Here Jesus, we know he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry and the tempter, that's the devil, came to him and said, if you're the son of God, then turn, tell these stones to become bread. Now, notice what the enemy attacks here. He attacks the very word of God that was given into him in Matthew 7, uh, Matthew three seventeen, And he does the same to us. The very thing that God speaks to you, the very promises he speaks to you, the devil tries to attack it, to discredit it in your life. And, and, and notice what happens here. So in this case, what the devil attacks is Jesus' identity, that he's a son of the Lord and you know what he does the same thing to us in our wilderness experience now here's how he does it he says if you're a son of God and if you're a daughter of God if the Lord loves you then why is this happening to you why did you lose your job why is all this depression in your life? Why do you have this particular sickness If God really loved you, if God was really, this is how he attacks you in your wilderness season. This is what happens. And the number one thing that the enemy is going to question is your identity as a son or daughter, that God really does love you and really does care for you. And then after he does that, he wants to launch a blame game on you in your wilderness season. He says, you know what? If you were a good enough believer, if you prayed enough, this wouldn't be happened. You need to repent enough and this wouldn't happen. He does this blame game. And I want to let you know, we're not into all that condemnation and neither is your God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what, does, what is Jesus' response? What does he say? I, I'm gonna show it here to you. It's in Matthew 4 and 4. Jesus answered and he says, it is written. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8 and and verse three. That's the quote that he gave, that he spoke. Now, if we go back to Deuteronomy 8 verse three and we read Deuteronomy uh, verse one and two, we can get the full context of what Jesus is actually saying to us as we live through this COVID wilderness time, okay? So let's see what he says in Deuteronomy 8, one through two. I'll read it to you here. He says this, you must be you must be careful to follow every commandment so that you may live. You know, this is important. God has given us instructions in his word, and if we follow them, our life goes so well. If we don't follow them, it's disastrous, it really is. And then he says this, remember that these 40 years, the Lord your God led you through the wilderness. Right there, he's saying God was with you. And listen, if you're out there and you're going through a wilderness experience, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your health, maybe it's depression, sickness, whatever. God is with you in the wilderness experience. And now we're going to see something so important. It says this, He brought you through the wilderness that He might humble you and test you to know what is in your heart. And that's what the wilderness season does. It brings out what is in your heart. Okay, He brings out, and then the very next scripture is the one that Jesus quoted out of Deuteronomy 8.3. Now, you know, God is wanting to establish his word in you. That's what this point is. God's establishing his word. Well, what word is he trying to say to us today? What word is he saying to us in the middle of the COVID wilderness? And I really asked him to give me a word to speak to you today, and he did, and it's out of the book of, of Romans And I'm gonna go ahead and show it to you right now. The book of Romans, it says this in Romans 8 uh, and verse 14. He says, for those who were led by the spirit of God, that's us in the time of wilderness, are the children of God. He says this. He says, The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received, the Spirit that we have, brought you into adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. What is God saying to us in this time? God is saying you are a son and a daughter of a living God. If you're a believer in him and you, you've given your life to him, and he will take care of you. And I really want you to hear me now. This fear thing is making the whole culture irrational. It's causing us to go back to bondage. Listen, there is a contagion that's going around more rapidly than COVID, and it is called fear. And I am not minimizing the seriousness of, of this pandemic. I am not. But I'm, wanting, I'm letting you know fear is making us completely irrational. Fear takes your perspective. Fear, and, and, and now, I, I mean, this, this virus is dangerous. I know that. But there are those that are saying, we just, we just have to shut down indefinitely. We can't, We can't open up anything, you know, but that has serious consequences that fear has blinded us from. You know, right now, health screenings are down. There's over 35 million people that are filing for unemployment. Domestic violence is going on and it's not being reported. And I could go on and on and on. I was on a a trail yesterday. I was walking with Kim, my wife, and someone was walking by us and... uh, we were, we were way social distance. the wind was blowing and this person got as close to the edge of a, of a drop-off and was like trying to turn away from us. That's the fear that we're talking about. It makes you irrational. Now, let me talk about this COVID storm, this COVID uh, thing that's going on right now. It is an autoimmune disease, and let me tell you about what naturally happens in COVID virus. The COVID virus is not what is destroying a, a people's health, it's the body's reaction to the COVID virus. It is called a cytokine storm, is the, the health term for all the people want to geek out on the, the health issue. It's called a cytokine storm. But what is destroying people is the body's reaction to the storm. In that sense, the body is destroying itself trying to take care of the COVID virus. That's just why autoimmune drugs are being used. But currently right now, we are in an economic cytokine storm. The the, the economy was going great, but what happened is we've done this to ourselves. But it's not only the economy. Before this COVID thing happened, we were in a cultural cytokine storm where the culture is so divided against itself that it's destroying itself. Listen, this polarization, this political polarization, this hatred between left and right, blue and red states, all that stuff, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And if a worldwide pandemic won't cause us to come together and this economic cytokine storm that is happening won't cause us to come together to really defeat this thing, I don't know what will. And how are we going to do this? We have got to live by God's word. And that's what God's doing, establishing his word in our life. Listen, don't be overcome by fear. Be overcome by the goodness and the love of God in your life. Okay, all right. Let's go to our second one. Let's go to our second one. So number one, God establishes his word. Well, what happens next? What what do wilderness seasons do in our life? It determines who or what we will trust. Let's go to Matthew 4, verse 6. I hope you're there. What the devil does here, this is the second temptation, he takes Jesus to the high spot, a high spot, and he says, if you're the son of God, there he attacks his identity again. He said, throw yourself down, it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. They will lift you up and they will will protect you and and they will not allow you to strike your foot against a stone. In essence, what the devil is tempting him is to throw himself down and the angels will protect him. What is going on here? Well, what's going on here is the enemy. The devil actually quotes Psalm 91, 11 through 12. The lesson here is that the devil will try to use God's word to tempt us and bring us down. That's what he's going, that's what he'll do. But there's something deeper that's going on here. What he's trying to get Jesus to do is to revert to self protection and self sufficiency. And I believe that's the same attack that's going on right now. People are so absorbed in protecting themselves. And and listen, I'm not minimizing, I I want people to social distance. I want us to go through the guidelines to to do what, you know, to to mitigate this, this thing. But it's going to the point of. The fear is causing us to get into this self-protection that we're not even looking at. Hey, there is a God who loves you and who is one hundred percent wanting to to be your sufficiency and protection. (laughs) When this thing first started, I, I saw this guy come out of Walmart, and I think he had his family with him. They were rolling three carts of toilet paper piled as high as you could possibly see out to their car. And I I was like, I didn't understand. I was like, what is happening there? It's, again, this hoarding, self-sufficiency. It's destructive to our culture. It's destructive to us. Now, with this COVID virus, let me say something to you. There are facts, there are opinions, and there are truths. Facts seem to be changing all the time. They're constantly changing. Opinions, it seems everyone has opinions, you know? But the problem is people are trying to use their opinions as facts. But then there's the truth. And here's the thing about the truth. The truth is not just a concept. The truth is a person, and that person is named the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, and the truth will set you free. It'll set you free from fear, set you free from worry, set you free from all these things. Now, what happens is God brings, uh, allows us to go into a wilderness season to establish who we're gonna trust. So I wanna ask you a question. Who or what are you trusting during this season? Is it God? Is it the government? Is it health officials? Is it your own self-sufficiency? Or are you putting your trust and hope in God? I hope, I hope you're, this is what the storm, this, this season does, it brings that out. Now, let's go and see how Jesus answered him. Here it is right here. Jesus answered him out of Matthew 4, 6 through 7. He answers him, he says, It is written, do not put the Lord your God to a test. Now, if we're gonna get the full meaning of what Jesus said, let's see the verse he quoted from. Well, you can find that in Deuteronomy 6.16. And what that scripture says is this, do not test the Lord your God as you did at Massai. What is massai What was the test at massai To understand that, you've got to go back to uh, Exodus 17. What happens is the people of God were coming out. They were in the desert. They were in the wilderness and they were thirsty and they began to complain for water, even though God was meeting all their need. So God instructed Moses to go to Horeb and strike the rock and he would bring water for the people. And so when Moses did that, he named the place where he struck the rock he gave it two names the first one's masai the second one's mirabam Massai means masai means testing mirabam means complaining quarreling in essence what was going on here is the people of god were complaining that God was not meeting their needs. So what is the test at Massai? What is the test at Massai? Here it is, the test at Massai is to take all that God has given you and demand more. The Israelites were testing God because they felt he was failing to meet their needs. They had no patience at all. They demanded comfort. They didn't want adversity. They were falling in love with things and falling out of love with God. In essence, what they were doing, and currently, you know, what's happening right now is, is the, desert, the, the wilderness is exposing that part of their life. Now listen, God has allowed us to go into a wilderness season right now, a wilderness of uncertainty, Spiritually, America is in a dry and very thirsty land right now. Our time of testing is at hand. So once again, God is watching to see how we're going to respond. Are we seeking God's heart or are we seeking his hand? His heart is a relationship. His hand is what what he will do for us. If all we do is seek God's hand in this season then we will have a a constant demand for more and more and more, and we'll make comfort our God. And what will that do? It'll ultimately destroy us. It will cause us to forget God. It will cause us to forget God. So what does God do? He allows dry wilderness seasons to bring out of us who and what we will trust. I'm asking you again, who or what are you trusting in this dry season? Every challenge you have in your wilderness, I wanna let you know there's an answer from God. When you're challenged by fear, I wanna let you know it's an invitation for love. When you're challenged, when, when, like for example, when, when God wanted to bring peace into my life, you know what he allowed? He allowed me to go through a really tough storm I mean currently many of you know my my testimony Um, I've gone through seems like a lifetime of wilderness when it comes to foods that I eat foods that I eat um, I have a health condition that my body reacts to it has allergies to it and um, I just found out that most of the foods I'm eating is causing problems well, I can't, couldn't hardly eat any foods anyway. And we're believing God for healing. And I know, I thank you for praying. But I want to let you know there's a beauty in suffering. There's a beauty in, in being in the wilderness. What this has taught me is how to trust God. And I want you to listen to me every single day. I have to look to him and, and say, Father, I trust you because what I'm eating may cause a reaction. And I want to tell you with everything in me, I, I, he is faithful. He's faithful to us. He's been faithful. He's been there. He's helped us. And he will help you through your, your wilderness season even as I speak. All right, so that brings us to number three, the wilderness season. This is the last one. Number three is this. Number three is how, what happens in the wilderness season? We have to determine who or what we're going to worship. Who or what are we going to worship? Why is this so important? Why is it so essential? Because here's the thing, whatever you worship, you will become. If right now we're worshiping our own safety and our own comfort, again, not minimizing, mitigating the disease, we're gonna go through and do all of that. But if, if we are so focused on that, let me let you know that it ultimately won't satisfy. I think this country before COVID, we were just so focused on materialism and greed, all these things like this. And ultimately, you know, it's not enough. It creates this deep search for more. And so God didn't bring this COVID thing on us. Don't, misrepre- don't, don't, don't misread what I'm saying. God does not bring sickness on us, but he allows this. Time in the wilderness to bring out goodness into us that the word will be established, that we'll trust him and that we'll worship him with all of our hearts. Let's look at Matthew four. This is our last example, Matthew four and verse eight. Again here, the devil's gonna tempt him. And what does he do? He takes him to the high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms and the splendors of the world. And he says this, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. (laughs) Now, I want to tell you something. This world is a bow down culture. It's trying to get us to bow down to it. Fear wants you to bow down to it so that it can consume you. But we're not going to do that. We're going to worship the living God. So what is the devil tempting Jesus with and how is it applicable to us? What Satan was tempting him with is power, prestige, all the buildings, all the people, all the materialism, if he would bow down and worship him. But it goes deeper than that. The enemy at this point is trying to get Jesus to throw away his calling. How did Jesus respond to him? And how can we really, what can we glean from it? We'll look at it right here in Matthew 4, 10 through 11. Jesus answered him, away from me, Satan. It is written, worship your God and serve him only. Now, what did Jesus quote here? We'll go back to Deuteronomy and get some more lessons. He goes to, uh, he quotes Deuteronomy 6, verse 13. But let's now go back to Deuteronomy 10 through 12 to get a deeper lesson of what God is trying to, to to teach us so that we don't waste this wilderness season. Let me read it, Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. When God brings you into the land, talking about the promised land, a land with large flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that you you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. And here's the point right here. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God. And then the very next verse is the one that Jesus quoted, worship and serve God only. What is the Lord saying to us here? Be careful, be be careful not to forget the Lord your God when you have all these possessions, all the materialism, these houses, all the food. All of this can cause us to forget God. And listen to me, America, we were forgetting God We were mocking him. We were casting him out of our culture, out of schools. I mean, they're even mocking prayer right now. Why even pray? So the Lord has allowed us to come into a wilderness season. I pray to God that we will reset and go, wait a minute. It is from the hand of God that all good things come. All good things come. You know, I think before this COVID thing, and and maybe even now, we were worshiping our own comfort, materialism, forgetting the very one who brought it to us. It's God who has blessed you. And he desires to bless you even more. Okay, so how does this thing end? How does it end? And this is, I want everyone just to dial in on this scripture. How does this thing end? We're going to now go to a, another gospel, the book of Luke, and I'll show it to you here. This is what happens when Jesus comes out of the wilderness. Here it comes right here. In and, and Luke 4, verse one, he's gone through the temptations. He's gone through the 40 days and 40 nights and he comes, out of the, he comes out of it. Let's look at it. He returned from the desert in the power of the Spirit. The effect here, what was the effect of Jesus being in the wilderness. He came out of the wilderness empowered by the Holy Spirit. And church, I want you to hear me. We too are going to come back and return to church this week, next week, June 7th is our first official service in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are, we are. And then Jesus, what did he do when he returned? He walked into his hometown, Nazareth. He walked into the tabernacle there. He took the scroll and he read this scripture out of Luke 4, 18 through 19. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I pray that we will come back to church and the churches throughout this land, and this will be our verse. We, in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, are declaring God's favor to release the oppressed, to heal the sick, to serve the poor to help our nation get through this wilderness season. I believe we're ambassadors who need to understand these things to help bring us through this, to help bring the city of Boone through this. This is why we're meeting with city officials and health authorities and pastors to together let's cooperate to help our country deal with this very serious disease. I want to pray for you right now. If you're in a wilderness season, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that that God would be an ever-present help in time of trouble. And I want to ask especially that you don't waste your wilderness. How are you not going to waste your wilderness? Let Him establish His Word in your heart. Focus more on the Word than you do the news. Please, please don't. Focus on God's Word. Fully, fully, Trust Him. Listen to me. We can trust Him. He is trustworthy. My life's a testimony of it. He's trustworthy. And let's really refocus on Him and worship Him. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you're such a good God. We thank you that you're an ever present help in time of trouble. That God, you comfort us, you guide us, you lead us. Lord, we want to pray that you would make this church and other churches and and throughout our cities that are reopening, we ask you to help us to do it in a wise and a very safe way. We bless you, Lord, with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives, God. God, we bless you, we praise you, and right now we pray for everyone who has the COVID virus. We ask you to heal them. We pray for those who are elderly and those who are health compromised, that you would keep them safe, that you would give governors and senators and and our president, give give them wisdom and health officials on how we're to do this in a safe way. And Lord, rid the world of this pandemic, God. You are our hope. You're who we trust in, and we live our lives by your word, and we worship you. We give you all the praise, Jesus. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Well, we thank you so much for joining us this morning. And let me just say, if you are part of our online community, that is going to continue. After June 7th, we're gonna continue it through the future as long as we possibly can. And we're enjoying just hearing from you. And for everyone else, we really look forward to seeing you come back on June 7th, but certainly come to the prayer times throughout the week. Listen, God bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. And may the Lord give us shalom in this time. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboon.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.